everybody and welcome to the very first episode of Off the Record. I'm Kirsten Kroll, joined alongside Alexis Downey. Alexis, how are you feeling? First episode? <laughs> I'm feeling so good about this and I'm so glad that we finally got this going. I am too and it feels like it's been something that's been in the works for so long and not something we necessarily were telling anyone else about besides our group chat of you, me, and Paige. And it, so when we finally announced what this was, I know a lot of people were excited to have another sports outlet to listen to, um, all female sports driven. And just, I'm super excited to have another outlet too, outside of work to just talk sports. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're both such big hockey people that we got to, you know, let everyone else know that we can talk about football or basketball, whatever else is going on. Exactly. Like you had said, we work so much in hockey that I think sometimes people forget that we're not just hockey fans. We also like football, <laughs> baseball, you name it. So I'm really excited to be doing this with you and with Paige, who is, I think, what you could call our producer, editor of this show. <laughs> um, she's obviously not on with us today but you will be seeing a lot of Paige in the future. So we are all really, really excited to get going and just bring this show for you guys. And we hope you like it too, and that you follow us along. Not only subscribe on our YouTube channel, but also follow us on Twitter, share your opinions on things that we talk about on the show. That is something we really want is for you guys to interact with us. If whether you agree or disagree with what we bring up in this show, we wanna know what you guys think. So feel free to, hit that reply in our mentions on Twitter. All right, yeah, so I guess we should probably maybe say a little bit about us too, if in case you didn't see our uh, promo clip before. Um, so yeah, I'm Alexis, I went to Michigan State. Um, I will point out that I did uh, grow up in Pittsburgh before I moved to Ohio, so I am a Pittsburgh sports fan which can be very controversial to some people because we are known for being very, um, not exactly sure the word I want to use, but very harsh fans. Maybe that might be the way to describe it. So I know Kirsten and I have different sports fandoms. So I think that kind of brings a little bit of uniqueness to this show. Yeah, and it, just going off that too, I'm Kirsten. I graduated from St. Cloud State University, smack dab, in central Minnesota, strictly pretty much just a huge hockey school. That's pretty much what we're known for. As far as, you know, Alexis mentioning, she's from Pittsburgh. Her allegiance lies with Pittsburgh teams. I'm kind of the opposite. I would say my allegiance for the most part lies with Minnesota sports teams, the Twins, the Timberwolves. I've always been a fan, especially of the Twins ever since I was little, but you know, as far as football goes, hockey, obviously, I also love the wild, but I'm also just kind of a wild card. I like to follow specific <laughs> players. So when you see me tweet about Joe Burrow, no, I'm not a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I just really like to follow certain athletes, those who have really cool stories. And I think it just makes the game even more fun to watch. So you'll see me tweet, talk about a lot of different things, but hey, it just, it just adds to the fun a little bit more. <laughs> Definitely. And I think like there's so many big uh, sports personalities on Twitter that it 
it definitely adds to the fun of it all. And Alexis too, I think there was a big game that was played on Sunday. So we should maybe go in and talk about that a little bit too. Absolutely. Let's get right into it. Um, but the Super Bowl, I mean, everyone watches it. Um, if you didn't watch it, wow. Um, <laughs> but on Saturday, before the Super Bowl, there was the award show too for all of um, the NFL honors from the season. So I guess we could note a few of the big things that happened um, from that. The Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2021 was announced, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, rookies. There was a lot going on. And um, Kirsten, I don't know if you wanna go into a little bit about some of the the rookie honors that were given out, um, but why don't you start with that? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, even too, just talking about the Hall of Fame class of 2021, there was a lot of big names, obviously, that were inducted. Calvin Johnson at wide receiver, a first ballot. Quarterback Peyton Manning, another first ballot. So those were arguably two of the really big names to get inducted. I know, at least in Minnesota, there were a lot of people upset that Jared Allen didn't get inducted this year. They thought it was kind of a snub on that end, but also too, I mean, he's another guy that's inevitably going to get into Canton, but I mean, first ballot, he didn't seem at least from Twitter to be too upset to not get in this time around just because first ballot, he said he was honored to even be considered. Cause I mean, you play in the NFL, this is probably the pinnacle of anything you could ever dream of when you're playing in the league, something that you don't necessarily expect to happen. So when it does, it's just, you're so thankful for it. And so that's kind of the vibe I got from his Twitter. He wasn't too upset. He said, when, and if it does happen, he's going to be ecstatic no matter when. And I think it's just a matter of time. Wasn't this year, but near future, (laughs) I think we'll be seeing him enshrined over in Canton. And Alexis, you mentioned too, some of the rookie honors at the NFL honors And one also thing besides rookies aside, another award that was given out defensive player of the year. I know you had some strong feelings about that. I did, you know, um, I, but I I guess I should first note that the uh, Canton, Ohio, where um, the hall of fame is, is actually only 45 minutes from my house. So um, in high school, we used to actually play some of our football games at their football stadium when we'd play some of the Canton teams. Cause I know I mentioned Pittsburgh, but I did actually grow up mostly in Ohio. So that's just one little fun fact, but yes, the defensive player of the year going to Aaron Donald. Um, no, I'm, I'm not about it. TJ Watt should have won that. He could have won it last year. He should have won it this year. I mean, if you look at his numbers, like he, he led the league in tackles, sacks, tackles for loss, QB hits, like I could keep going. And he played one game less than Aaron Donald and he still didn't win it. I just can't understand it. He's someone that, you know, he puts in the work on and off the field. I think he's going to win it eventually. It's definitely on his goals list. Um, but he definitely got snubbed and I was not happy about it. I know all of Pittsburgh wasn't not only that, but his teammates were tweeting about it. His brother, JJ Watt was tweeting about it. Um, so I, I wasn't too happy, like I said, but 
hopefully the NFL will recognize um, all the hard work he's put in eventually. And I don't think it takes away from anything that he accomplished on the field though this year. And another thing I want to note outside of just rooting for TJ Watt for the defensive player of the year, you're also just a big fan of the Watt family, JJ Watt included. So (laughs) for those who don't know, explain a little bit about why that is. So it kind of started with JJ Watt. Um, I, I loved his Twitter account. He's always so positive doing a lot in the community. And he started, when he started to date his now wife, I used to play soccer and I was like, wow, that's so cool. He, you know, like pays attention to soccer, women's and men's soccer. Um, That seems like, it's just a nice thing that he's supporting other sports. Um, But I I just became a fan of JJ. And then when the Steelers drafted TJ a couple of years ago, I realized there's a whole family of them. Derek Watt as well. He was with the Chargers at the time, but now obviously in Pittsburgh with his brother TJ. So it's really become like a family affair. And I just think they're, they're such a fun bunch to follow on social media um, because they're, they're always, you know, picking at each other, all fun and games, but they're, they're a good group of guys. Not that I've ever met them, but maybe someday. So <laughs> I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing real quick, staying on this topic that I wanted to bring up with you also being a Steelers fan, there was a little bit of debate that I've been seeing on Twitter as far as comeback player of the year is concerned. Alex Alex Smith, excuse me, (laughs) taking home the award for comeback player of the year. Anyone who's followed his journey, very, very deserving of that award. And a lot of people thought it should be unanimous that it's Alex Smith and Even some people were saying, name the award after Alex Smith. But the vote when it came in was 49 to 1. One person voting for Ben Roethlisberger. Alexis, I kind of want to know your thoughts on what you think about that. Um, I believe Alex Smith was very deserving of that award. He went through so much with his injury and just, I think, the mental battle to get back on the field. Big Ben, on the other hand, coming through um, his his shoulder or his elbow surgery, um, he had a fantastic season up until you know the last bit that I don't necessarily want to talk about with the Steelers. But um, Ben Ben has been in the league for a long time, and he's been through a lot. So I can understand the the vote for it. Um, I think he's. Definitely at the tail end of his career, as many would agree. But I I do agree with Alex Smith getting that. And you guys on Twitter, too, we want to know your opinions. So tweet at us what you think about that. Should it have been unanimous for Alex Smith? Or what do you think about the argument for Ben Roethlisberger? I'm interested to not only know about that, But the next topic we're going to get into, still talking about the NFL honors, but this time the Offensive Rookie of the Year, it went to Justin Herbert, who, I mean, you can't deny he had a great rookie (laughs) season at the quarterback position, didn't even know that he was going to get the opportunity. And again, going off of that, I saw a fun story on NFL.com that I've just I don't know if people really know the behind the scenes of it. I'm just reading this paragraph straight from NFL.com, but it was, this is what it says. 
Herbert started his first game in an emergency situation, spending the lead up to LA's week two game against Kansas City with the belief he'd watch the action from the sideline behind Tyrod Taylor. Then moments before kickoff, he was informed he was playing, surprising everyone so much that when he arrived in the huddle, teammate Hunter Henry asked, what are you doing out here? <laughs> so I think that just kind of sums up how this season the ride that it was for Justin Herbert. And then he just had an unbelievable season and another stat to put out Herbert. Not only was he the rookie for only rookie in NFL history to throw for over 4,000 yards after being not drafted first overall, but he also broke multiple NFL records this season. So when you think about it really phenomenal, but there was another person who not only I thought was really deserving of winning this award, but I know, again, Minnesota sports fans can't seem to get a break. Snubbed feeling like they were with Jared Allen and now feeling snubbed again over Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver for the Vikings. A lot of people thought he should have taken home the offensive rookie of the year and the vote went in favor of Justin Herbert, 41 to nine. But I mean, how do you kind of root against Justin Jefferson with the numbers that he put up breaking records set by Randy Moss and Randy Moss even said that Jefferson got his vote for rookie of the year and seven touchdowns on the season 1400 total yards most receptions by a rookie with 88. I mean, he definitely put up an argument for why he was deserving of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but again, one of those things where just because, you know, they didn't win the award, it doesn't discredit any of the work that they really put in through the season. Obviously, it upsets a lot of people, but you still look at the numbers and you know he's got a great career ahead of him. I agree completely. And I think he even tweeted earlier after the awards and said, like, I'll be back. And, uh, you know, obviously... Minnesota sports fans clinging to anything they can to get excited about. <laughs> Obviously, we're excited to see what he's going to do next season. Well, that kind of wraps up all of the awards, so we might as well jump right into the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I, I guess it's a great day to live in Tampa Bay. Um, the Buccaneers winning that game last night, uh, 31 to 9 over the Chiefs, Brady winning MVP. Uh, but one of the things I want to mention is Sarah Thomas, the first female to officiate an NFL game. How cool is that? I know a lot of people were super excited about it. I thought it was exciting. First time ever in NFL history to have a woman on the field for such a huge game. And I think it really also goes to show how much women are, I don't want to say starting to make their impact because they have been but it's really starting to not only get recognized, but rewarded too. And also too, on Twitter, I saw leading up to the big game, somebody tweet a picture outside of the officials locker room, if you will. I saw that as well. Females only on one side. And the person who tweeted it said, never seen this before. And not only have they not seen it before, but I see that being a normal thing moving forward that we're going to continue to get more of. It's certainly the hope so. And it, 
it gives a lot of um, excitement for any of the younger generations coming up. I, at one point, was a referee for soccer for quite a few years, and I know how difficult it can be between the fans and the teams and coaches. So for her to get to that level is really impressive. And one thing, too, for anyone watching, I just want to point out, it probably should go without saying, but I'm just going to say it to make sure. She did not get here because she's a female. She got here because she is one of the best referees in the National Football League. So I'm just laying that down for any of the doubters <laughs> out there who are saying, well, she only got this because she's a woman. That is not the case. So nope. Nope. I rest my case. Definitely works for it. Um, so moving on, you know, Brady had a game. I mean, he, he was phenomenal in that first half. Um, the Bucks really just dominated most of the game. Uh, seeing Brady to Gronk scoring some touchdowns, it was like we were watching the Patriots just in a different uniform. Pretty exciting, I'm sure, for those of the, the fans that are in New England. Um, but the Chiefs, man, they, they had a rough night. Mahomes just was really laying it out there. His O-line, you know, they had a lot of injuries. The backups were in, and they just didn't get the job done for him. And I, I really felt for Mahomes um, on some of those plays because you could just tell he was laying it out there. Yeah, and you definitely can't blame this loss on Mahomes whatsoever. Um, another big story just coming out of the Super Bowl the Chiefs did not look like the Chiefs last night. They're not the team that we normally have been accustomed to seeing. And plus, too, you look at some of those throws by Patrick Mahomes. He was doing unreal things, laying it out there, running for his life on the field. So you can't blame this on him. And another thing, too, that I really like in the loss for the Chiefs, if there's one positive to take away from it, is the mentality that Patrick Mahomes has. He's hungry to look at the film immediately, build off of it and figure out how he can get even better next season and how his team can get even better. So, I mean, I'm going to make a prediction right now. Oh, Kansas City will be back in the Super Bowl next year. Wow. I, and also too, this is on a personal note. Personally, I really don't want to see Kansas City become the next Patriots as far as dynasty goes. So I was really rooting against Kansas city last night, as much as I don't want to say I was rooting for Tom Brady because I wasn't happy <laughs> with the matchup to begin with, but I was in favor of the bucks winning just because I didn't want to see Kansas city go back to back. But I do think they're going to be making a run in the postseason, if not AFC championship to the super bowl for years to come. But I can't help but wonder too, because another big storyline was the coaching. People were saying that the Bucks were so, or excuse me, the Chiefs were being outcoached all game long. And I can't help but wonder with, you know, the dark cloud hovering over that organization right now, if it has to do with the off the field situation with Britt Reed at all. You can kind of tell Andy Reed too, as far as his coaching, again, not what we're accustomed to seeing, so I can't help but wonder if that was playing a big factor in the back of people's minds in last night's game. I'm sure, I'm, I'm definitely sure it was. Um, when you have something of that situation right before such a big event that you're preparing for, I, I can't imagine that how you justify in your mind, like separating the two and really putting yourself all into the game that you're coaching. Um, but 
You know, I think a lot of this game was the talk of the goat and the baby goat. What are we going to see between the two of them? And Brady really, really came through and showed why he is, in fact, the goat. It pains me to say it a little bit, but you really can't ignore it at this point. Um, but I think having a game early in Mahomes' career where he's getting to that big stage and playing Tom Brady is going to be something that he's going to feed off for the rest of his career. He's going to remember this loss. He's going to come back and he's going to definitely lead his team in the future to another Super Bowl, whether that's next year or not, not sure, but it's going, it's going to continue to happen. I agree. And too, also, if you're in the head of Patrick Mahomes, not only from today when he woke up after the Super Bowl loss, but also years down the road, you know, he's going to be chasing the legacy of Tom Brady, not only Patrick Mahomes, but any quarterback in the entire National Football League from here on out, they're going to be chasing the legacy of Tom Brady, trying to be even better than he is. But I personally think that the gap is getting so big now. It's going to be pretty near impossible because I also don't think Brady is going to be retiring anytime soon whether he wins another super bowl or not he's got seven rings i don't see that's more than any franchise not player franchise in the national football league so just let that sink in for me yeah i think also one of the really impressive things about the buccaneers run to the super bowl is the teams that they had to get through to get to that point we saw the washington football team the the um the saints the packers like you look at the quarterbacks of some of those teams and not only do you have to credit brady and what he did for the bucks but really their defense to be able to get through all of those games and get to the super bowl and then beat mahomes it's pretty unbelievable and in this not only on the quarterback situation but another thing we need to talk about Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> it looks <laughs> no different than it did up in New England. Uh, I, first touchdown pass of the game, the connection went to Gronk. I just, those two it's are something book. else. <laughs> it, it's really a storybook. Um, and I was looking on social media and seeing Gronk's girlfriend, um, the Sports Illustrated model, Camille um, I don't want to ruin her last name. <laughs> We're just sick, I think is how you say it. Um, and her video is just so excited for Gronk. And then she had videos with uh, Brady's wife. And it, it, it's just, it's a storybook. The, t- the two of them together, it's, um, it, it's probably pretty heartwarming for the people up in New England. <laughs> I think the people up in New England, based off what I'm seeing, some of them are taking this victory like it's their own. Mm-hmm. Yes, do that, <laughs> but some people are. So whatever makes you sleep better at night, whatever makes you happy, do it. You're not right, but go ahead and do whatever you want. I also like those posts from Giselle and Gronk's girlfriend because it kind of reminded me too of you know that picture that Tom Brady and Gronk are famous for after winning a championship before heading to the Super Bowl, where they're just smiling and walking and slyly showing off their championship t-shirts so like no big deal it's <laughs> it's fine we're we're super bowl champs like yeah just that's, super that's casual. definitely the vibe that they but they earned it so 
it's, it's I mean, well, well worth it for that. When you have seven rings, you can do, I think, pretty much whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, you yes. not only talk the talk, but you've walked the walk. Like you have shown up when you've needed to. And not only the teams that have been posting pictures, but also too, all of the things we've been seeing on social media, all of the yep. pop culture related to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, lots of great tweets. We'll take a look at some, but one thing I want your opinion on, the weekend's halftime performance. Alexis, what did you think of it? I know the reactions were very mixed across the board. So in general, um, he's not someone that I listen to very often. I was kind of excited to see it because it is one of the, the marquee events of the Super Bowl. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought, you know, he incorporated some of the things that he's been doing over the past year, um, whether it was like the bandages um, during for his backup dancers. But I also thought it was creative that, you know, that was a way to get all of the dancers to wear masks because there were so many of them on the field. Um, but I, I thought it was okay. Not my favorite. I mean, it was no Shakira JLo, you know, we didn't get to see some dancing like that, but, um, it, it was okay. I wouldn't say, I'm going to say maybe a, a six and a half out of 10. Okay. I think that's fair. I mean, you brought it up. I would agree. I thought Shakira and JLo's performance was better, but one <laughs> thing that I did like about the weekend's performance was it was a show, but it Definitely. was more toned back than what we've seen a lot of in the past, but also was different. I think he definitely brought a lot of different elements to the table that not only enhanced the performance, but just kind of too gave something different for the viewers at home. A lot of people bashing him saying they didn't like it. I think a lot of that coming from the older generation. I don't yep. listen to the weekend personally, but mm -hmm. I thought it was good. And as far as next year's halftime performer goes, there's been a little bit of stir on who it could be. I know a lot of people are rooting for Taylor Swift. I wouldn't be I mad about that. It will happen. <laughs> but I do think it'll be a female that'll be doing the halftime show next year. Be interesting to see. I mean, we got a long way to go till then, but um, it, it would be, I wouldn't be mad about Taylor Swift. So that's- You're just, a- is it fair to say Taylor fan, Taylor Swift super fan? I, I would consider myself one after all the years I've listened to her. And, uh, you know, staying on the pop culture related to the Super Bowl, the commercials are always talked about every year. This year, again, no exception. There were some really good ones. My personal favorite being the Cheetos with Ashton Kutcher. Shaggy, oh my gosh. I thought that one was so funny. And I'm not yep. usually somebody who finds commercials to really be funny or to really laugh on things on TV, but that was good. Yep. That was absolutely my favorite. Um, they're two amazing actor actresses in the first place. So um, and I love Cheetos, so I guess that also helps. Um, I was a little disappointed though, you know, I, I understand what Buzz, Budweiser wanted to do in donating their money elsewhere this year, but I really love seeing the, the horses in the commercials. So not seeing that. I think I missed the Doritos commercial this year. I didn't see that. I'm pretty sure I missed it. Um, and I'm trying to think the Jeep commercial I thought was pretty cool too 
where they had the church in the middle of the United States and how they talked about being a reunited States of America, um, little political, but I really liked like the message in that commercial as well. Yeah. And I think that's another thing too, this year, there were commercials with really great messages behind them. On another lighter note, another commercial I really liked was the T-Mobile one with Gwen Stefani, Adam Levine, Blake Shelton. I thought that one that was, was pretty fun funny one. too. Um, that was definitely just, a fun one. <laughs> there was a lot of good ones. Again, you guys, tweet at us. Yes, at let us OTR know. OTR Sports Talk. What were your favorite commercials? What did you like? What didn't you like? What do you hope to see next year? Let us know your thoughts on Twitter. And Alexis yes. too, another thing on Twitter that was circulating. People are kind of saying Tampa Bay title town now. Um, I believe uh, Steven Stamkos was saying some things online. Tampa Bay, according to Stamkos. Yeah, I mean, they won the cup last year and I actually saw a story a couple days ago um, if you know Alex Kalorn, he has a jet ski that he is kind of known for. And during the Tampa Bay Lightning's parade, he rode that jet ski holding the Stanley Cup. They had a parade, a boat parade. Um, so he was quoted in an interview saying that if the um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a boat parade. He would definitely make an appearance on his jet ski, but unfortunately, likely the parade is going to, if they have a parade, it will be when the lightning are on the road. So Kalorn will not be able to go to it on his jet ski. And I'm kind of bummed about that. He's, he's got to find another way to do it. Might not be <laughs> in the parade. He might not be able to do it right on time but he's got to get it done somehow. He's put oh, uh, the idea out into the Twitter sphere. Gronk. He's, he's got to do it. Gronk <laughs> would be the perfect person for that jet ski, I think. Gronk is crazy. I don't put anything <laughs> past him. And anything Gronk does, people just eat up. People oh, love yeah. Gronk, especially down in Tampa. He's, he's from Florida. His family's down there. People especially love Gronk down there. <laughs> I... You know, I, I hope that's what they end up doing, a boat parade, because I don't think the NFL, I mean, I think hockey was the first group to ever do a boat parade, and it's, you know, a great way to socially distance and everything, um, but with the NFL, I don't know. I think they might have a regular parade. Florida is a different world, so I'm not really <laughs> sure. I was just going to say, Florida has been doing their own thing this yeah. whole time, but <laughs> I think the NFL, too, in a lot of ways has kind of gone into their own path and their own direction during this pandemic. I mean, you look at the NHL, the MLB doing bubble or bubble type situations. The NFL was really that first team to come back and travel, not necessarily do a bubble situation. They had the tight restrictions in place. I wouldn't be surprised if we see them try to push the envelope again and do something a little bit different that might lead to a different way of doing things in this pandemic. So I would place bets that there's going to be a legitimate parade in Tampa Bay. I guess we'll see pretty soon. <laughs> well, um, I think that kind of wraps up a lot of the Super Bowl. I mean, we've pretty much covered it all. Um, so I think that leads us into our next segment um, called On and Off. And 
I'll give a topic, you'll give a topic, we'll say whether it's on, meaning we agree, or off, we disagree, so I'll get started. Buffalo chicken dip, the ultimate Super Bowl snack, on or off? This might just be the really picky eater in me saying this, and I'm kind of an anomaly in a lot of ways, <laughs> so I'm gonna say that's off. Okay. Buffalo chicken chip dip just doesn't do it for me. I had buffalo wings the night of the Super Bowl, so. Those were good, but more <laughs> chips and dip, not so much buffalo chicken dip. Okay. I, I was gonna say, I think maybe it's more of an on thing, but as a picky eater, I can understand where you might not agree with that. It, you know, sometimes it just doesn't do the trick. You need something <laughs> else. Um, and in the next on or off topic, Trevor Bauer to the LA Dodgers, he signed a contract for $102 million for three years. Is he deserving of it, on or off? I'm gonna say on. I, I think I agree with that. Um, I, I think the way that it was presented, especially on social media, um, it was kind of interesting. He, he made his own video to announce it. Um, his agent didn't give any hints towards it. Um, it was a last minute switch. We all thought it was gonna be, he was gonna end up with the Mets. Mets fans are probably pretty disappointed. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say on. I'm gonna have to agree with that. I think any team in Major League Baseball wishes they had the pitching situation that the Dodgers have. And yep. it's, it's, they're just gonna be a really hard team to beat. Just when you don't think they could get better, mm -hmm. they do. And so it's gonna be really interesting to see what they pull out this next season. And also going off that, baseball teams can't say they don't have money after this contract. So- Absolutely. No more delaying our baseball season, you guys. If any of you owners are listening, you can't. We know you have money. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, next one, okay, we're gonna switch it back to football. Carson Wentz to the Bears on or off on I, I think it's down it to two teams it's the Bears or the Colts the Colts were expected to be the front runner for a long time now everyone knows Wentz has been really unhappy with his situation over in Philly they got rid of Doug Peterson but it doesn't seem to be that doesn't seem to be the fix that needs to be made over in Philly I think there was a lot of bad blood if you will when they drafted Jalen Hurts and not only that but then started him I think after the midway point in the season so Wentz just wants out at this point and Adam Schefter has been saying this deal is going to get done in the next few days the deal could get done before we even get this episode released Very likely. I expect it any minute now and Shefty has been reporting that it's gonna be with the Bears. They're getting really close to finalizing. But the really interesting thing about this deal is that the Eagles could be getting Nick Foles back. Nick Foles, obviously, when Carson Wentz went down for the season, led the Philadelphia Eagles to a Super Bowl victory. I always stood with Nick Foles. I just thought a lot of people didn't necessarily believe in him the way they needed to. I think he was always deserving of being a starting quarterback. I think it would just be really interesting to see him go back to Philadelphia. Very interesting point. Yeah, I think uh, with Carson Wentz, very likely is on going to uh, come to the Bears. Um, Ryan Pace, the GM for the Bears, is just 
I think at a point where he's kind of scrambling looking, um, you know, Trubisky has worked out a little bit. Uh, the, the opinion is pretty mixed here in Chicago on him. Um, a lot of people don't think he's it. And that's why obviously the bears are continuing to look. Um, so I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces with it. Would you like to see Carson Wentz in Chicago? As a somewhat of a bears fan now that I, I live here. Um, I think so. I think it, it could be a good thing for the city. Um, I can't say that I know the bears well enough to really have a solid opinion on this. Um, but I mean, it, it could work out. I guess, I guess you don't know. <laughs> We're going to have to stay tuned and see how it all plays out. And hopefully next week in our second episode, we'll have more information for you. But last little bit in our honor off segment, Alexis, the NHL's reverse retro jerseys on or off? Absolutely on. Uh, they have looked, so some of them I didn't really like necessarily when they came out, but seeing them on the ice when these teams are playing, some of them are fire. I mean, like the New York Rangers, I liked it. Then I saw it on the ice and I was like, wow, that is a sharp jersey. So I, I'm, I'm on the train with them. Um, I think a lot of people are. Um, I also have to agree, reverse retro, definitely on. Call me biased, the Minnesota <laughs> Wild with the freshest reverse retro jerseys Ooh. in the entire league, and especially when you pair them with the Breezers, with the Stars on the side, paying tribute to the North Stars. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Norm Green, we don't like you. <laughs> but I, I don't think a team has any better reverse retro than the wild do you have a favorite i know you mentioned the rangers but is that your favorite you know i'm not sure i have a favorite yet um the penguins already played with theirs um i i really liked you know the coyotes i, I like the coyotes on the ice as well um calgary flames with blasty on the front really like that one um, but what I am excited to see is during the outdoor games that the NHL has planned this month, seeing all the teams wear them outside. I mean, that's going to be so cool. The Avs and the Golden Knights, um, the Bruins and the Flyers. So the, the Avs jersey is definitely up there for me as well. That is another really great one. And I know it's had a lot of raves on social media from fans, a lot of jersey sales surrounding it too. So yep. The, the reverse red show is just a big hit in the NHL this season. And Alexis, I think that's going to do it for episode number one. Episode yeah. number one of Off the Record, now in the books. Woo! Got through it. Um, and hopefully you liked it. I mean, we, we'd love to hear from you. Follow our Twitter. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, you know, it, this is going to be a journey for us. Kind of figure out what what's working with you guys and uh, what we like to talk about. We're really going to try to cover the whole spectrum of sports, especially once we do see more sports back into play. I'm really excited about it. And I'm just, I'm again, I can't say anything else. I'm just super excited about this. <laughs> you, me, Paige, another outlet just to talk about what we love, get people involved that are also huge sports fans. We really want to interact with you guys. So again, make sure you follow us on YouTube, Twitter, We'll hopefully have some good and entertaining takes, maybe some freezing cold takes that come up in the show. But 
I, I'm just really looking forward to it. So on behalf of Alexis Downey, I'm Kirsten Kroll, and this is Off the Record. Thank you guys for joining us.